want to turn with me quickly this morning because we've got to go, we've got to rush. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to take my time about it, but I, I don't. Go to John 8. Look at me quickly. Look at me. Leave your Bibles. Just look at me quickly. The mere fact that you are sitting in this building this morning in January, in January 2024, says to me, you made it through 2023. By hook or by crook, you made it through 2023 by the grace of God. And 2022, and 2021, and 2020, and 2019, and all the way back, as far as you can remember, you made it. Why on earth do we think, including myself, that God is going to change the agenda this year, pull the magic carpet out from underneath me, desert me, and run off into the distance going, ha, 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 I got you. If he didn't drop you last year and you were sitting here, I don't care what your bank balance looks like, I don't care what anything looks like, the fact that you are alive and breathing and out of jail is his grace, his goodness, and he does not change sides. And the God that brought you through that year will bring you through this year, and I'm convinced that this year is going to be better than last year. Jerry Savelle, there's a clip I'd, put, I'd love to put up, but I haven't got time now. Jerry Savelle ha, ha, has made a statement, and he said, the thing that you need to, need to do in 2024 is stay focused. He mentions a number of words around focus. He said, but stay focused. And while he's talking about staying focused on the Word and on God's promises, I suddenly hear God say to me in my inner ear, Joshua and Caleb. You know what God said to me about Joshua and Caleb? He said they were surrounded by six million murmuring, hard-hearted, stiff-necked, muttering Jews that had turned their backs on the promised land because they said we are grasshoppers in their eyes. And those two boys had to stay focused in the most negative atmosphere that you and I can ever begin to imagine. But they said, God gave us a promise at Cardis Bania, this land is ours, and every feet place we place our foot will belong to us. And they had to stay focused. They had to keep their confession. I don't think I could do it. In fact, I probably would have lost it the first day in fact, by the grace of God in the New Testament, I do it every day. What, Dave? I mutter. <gasps> Pastor, really? I murmur. I complain bitterly. My wife has to put up with it. I've got to be honest, Dave, because some people look at me as if I've got it all together. But those two guys stuck to it for 40 years. 
And the Bible says there was another spirit in them. He said, but Jerusalem, stay focused in 2024 because you are on the brink of a miracle. You're about to break through this year in things that have been long outstanding. And it lines up with what Timothy is saying. If you're faithful and stay true to it, God's about to do something awesome in this year. Just by the way, we are not dealing in years. This year is the year of joy. This year is the year of breakthrough. This year is the year. This is light year. Yes, we sometimes have a theme. Fana is on a thankful gratitude trip for 2024, and he preached the most awesome message. Two weeks ago, I was blown away. And then Henny, the year of more. And I spoke to God, and God, I'm still trying to get a word that fits this for this year. God's saying to me, it's not from the beginning to the end, to the end to the beginning, from January to January, from December to December, and then a change of theme and a change of season. You're actually in a flow. You're actually in something that flows like a river from one year to the next to the next, and it just keeps on flowing. And when it comes to those different statements of light year and whatever, I think the year of more underlines for us. It's still light year, but it's just more. It's still 2020 vision, but it's just more. Whatever you're going through with God it's about to just get more because God is a God of constant flowing in the right direction of more. John 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Can I redesign that a little bit for you this morning? And you shall know the truth, and the truth that you know shall set you free. The no, the, the no word there is intimate relationship. You shall know the truth. Who is he? The way, the truth, and the life of John 14. Jesus is the truth. You shall have an intimate relationship with Jesus in the word, in truth, and that truth that you know, that knowledge that you garner for yourself and make your own is going to set you free. I wrote something down. Verse 36 says, Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Knowing is not mere knowledge. Because then all of us who have Facebook and YouTube and Google and social media and information age and artificial intelligence, just knowing we can know anything about anything in the era we're living in, we have the ability to know. Knowledge in itself is not what's being spoken about here. It's a relationship that is transformative. 
if I get to know him intimately face to face, it doesn't leave me the same. If I really have that experience with Jesus, have a look at what Timothy was saying today, then there is in the knowing, in the loving, he loved me first. Because of the knowledge of that love, the knowing, the actual experiential experience of his love, I now love him. Salvation is a knowledge or a knowing or an intimacy that's transformative. I got to know the fact that he saved me and he transformed me. And the transformation does something for you. It's transformative, but it should and must lead to an action in a situation. So what happens is I get born again, I get saved, and the next minute for 36 years or 42 years, I'm on the move for him. Wherever the opportunity leads, Good years, bad years, indifferent years, in between years. I've never been the same again. I constantly testify to the fact that Jesus is my Lord, that he is my God, that he is my bridegroom, that he is my Father. And that, that knowledge transforms and changes me. It is in the beholding. It is in the looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. It is in the beholding and constant looking that constantly brings transformation. You want to change? You want to transform? Keep looking. Keep looking into his word. Oh, I wish we could have played that clip. Bill Johnson looks at his Bible. He said, this is Jesus in print. And he's really, you can play it. Oh, do that for me. This here is Jesus in print. Don't tell me you love Jesus there if you don't love him here. Show me your love for Jesus. How you love for this. You say, well, I don't understand it. I don't understand him either. He's way beyond what I can understand. I don't remember what I read. Well, I don't remember what I had for breakfast last week either, but it still nourished me. People say, well, I pray I fall asleep. I never got mad at my kids for falling asleep in my arms. He said, this here is Jesus in print. He said, don't tell me you love Jesus and you don't love this. And then he said, I don't understand everything he's saying. He said, don't worry, I don't understand him either. Fall asleep in his arms. I don't remember what I read. I don't remember what I ate last week, but it still nourishes me. It's an encouragement to you and me to understand that we have him right in the midst of us. And the knowledge of this truth will set you free and change you completely. Do not be conformed to this world and its knowledge and its thinking and its nature. Please stay away from opinions and get the word in your life. Stay away from every different smell and, and whim. Get God's word. But be continually changed by the renewing of your mind, looking away from all that will distract unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is true freedom. 
He said, whenever the law is read, there is a veil upon their hearts. He said, but when the heart turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And then all of us with unveiled or open face, beholding as in a mirror in the Word of God, are transformed, metamorpho, the butterfly effect, from glory to glory, by what? By looking into His Word. Interesting thing about the veil. The veil, there was another veil. And it was between the holy and holy of holies and man. And when Jesus dies on the cross and says it is finished, the veil is torn from top to bottom. And that which was empty is now shown to the people, not even the ox still exists in that, and it's ripped. But the one thing it does when the veil is ripped it opens a new and living way to us by the blood of Jesus. He said, and now we enter into a holy of holies in that moment, not made with man's hands, but a holy of holies above through his flesh, which was ripped open like a veil for us so that we can have intimate relationship with him. And now there's a voice from heaven that says, come up higher. The invitation to you and me in 2024 is not to remain the same, but to take a step from where we're at to where God wants us to be, to come up into a higher relationship with Him and understand things we might never have understood before, but that He wants to show to us. So let me give you a bit of prophetic into 2024 by reading a New Testament passage to you and close. Will you go to Luke 5 with me? Claude, will you play that song for us while we go there? Please. Thank you, my daughter. Somebody say to somebody, tear off the roof. Say it again. Say, tear off the roof.
Say to somebody, tear off the roof. Say to somebody, take off the limitations. Say, tear off the roof. Say in 2024, I'm about to tear off the roof. I'm going to take off the limitations that I've placed on myself, that society has placed on me, that circumstances have placed on me. Whatever I'm going through is placed on me. I'm ready to tear off the roof in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus. It's time to expand. It's time to set the tent pegs out. It's time to move. So, Mark 2, 21-ish, Luke 5, 37-ish, Matthew 9, all of the same story mentioned differently. And to, just to help you with that, if there's an accident outside and you call three witnesses from the accident, some of them are going to tell you how many people were in the car that got hurt. Others are going to tell you that the other guy drove away. Others are going to tell you it took the ambulance 15 minutes. They all had the same accident. They're all telling you about the same story, but every one of them have a different version to what's there. I'm just trying to help you understand your Bible sometimes. It's all the same story, but it's out of different people's perspective. So I see this song and it touches me because of the miracles and because of what the story is in Mark 2 and Luke 5 and, and, and Matthew 9. But I didn't know about the Matthew 9 one and so I go to bed and I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm going through a bit of a pressurized situation and I decide to do something I never normally do. I take my Bible, there's load shedding, I've got a torch next to my bed. I don't want to disturb, disturb Albie. I put the torch in my mouth and I just open the Bible. And where do I start reading? I start reading in Matthew 9. The same story about tear off the roof. And so I read the entirety of Matthew 9 knowing and understanding God's trying to say something to me because I'd read Mark 2 and I'd read Luke 5 and I was prepared to say something about it all year and all of a sudden in the middle of the night I opened the Bible. You know, it's dangerous to do that, hey? You know, open the Bible. Oh, come on, we've all done it. But you better be careful that you know about the guy who opened the Bible and went like this? And it says, and Judas went out and hanged himself. He said, this can't be for me. He opened the Bible to another player. He went, go here and do likewise. <laughs> so just be careful what you do. Joke, joke. I'm going to read as fast as I can and hope we get through it. But prophetically, I believe the time for the church is to be back into signs, wonders, miracles. I believe the church is going to, by the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus, experience miracles at another level. Not a single man doing things in a revival, but an entire body of Christ operating and moving in the Spirit in 2024. And I believe we're going to see it with profound increasing numbers. We're going to see new mounts of souls coming in. We're going to see baptism. It's already starting. The ripples are already there, but I can feel the pressure is building and the fountain is about to break forth. 
And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers, uh, teaching there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judah and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. First tragedy, first major statement, the house was full. But there were curious onlookers from the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Woodducees and could not see. They'd come to spy out Jesus. They'd come because of curiosity. They'd come because of inquisitiveness. And they came to sit there. But the most incredible thing is there was power in the house to heal them all. And they set the place full to the place that there was not even place at the door. And four men bring a friend. And because there's no place, they rip the roof off. And they lower the man down to Jesus. And he has the first part or, or another part of the story. He said, and Jesus looking at them, say them saw their faith. There's some miracles that are going to take place in people's lives, not because the person you're praying for believes all that much, but because you have faith to see them healed. At the, at the, at the, at the, the bath of Bethesda, when the man is sitting there and the angel stirs the water and Jesus says to him, do you want to be healed? And he said, before I can step in, someone else steps in. He says to that man, your faith has made you whole. So there's a position for your faith, and there's a position for my faith, and then there's a position for our faith because together we can do things. And the scribes and the Pharisees, oh, oh, are you ready for this? And when they saw their, faith, uh, saw their faith, he said unto them, this man, thy sins are forgiven thee. Say, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said unto them, what reason ye in your hearts, whether is it easier to say thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, rise up and walk, but that you might know that the Son of Man, say, Son of Man. Say, that doesn't just, that's not an exclusive text. That's an inclusive text that says Jesus and all the other sons of God are sons of men. Oh, it went right over, didn't it? You have the power to forgive sin. <laughs> Paul says in a place, he says, those you have forgiven, I forgive also. For we are not unaware of the wiles of the devil, and we will give him no place. And he heals the man, says sins are about to be forgiven in 2024. I want to say this to you, I was listening to a prophet, he says, this is the year that prodigals come home. And, and, and Sean's uh, uh, lecturer from France that was in Raymond those years, he comes at Christmas time and brings an awesome message about 
the prodigals are coming home this Christmas. Are you going to be an elder brother or are you going to be the father? The prodigals are coming home 2024. The long outstanding things you have been praying for and asking God for are going to surface in 2024. I said, you're not dealing with a year, you're dealing with a decade. Sean prayed for probably six years. Was it six years, four years, five years? Approaching 2020, he said, 2020 vision. 20, prophetically, he spoke, 2020 vision, 2020 vision, 2020 vision. And in 2020, it broke through. But you're dealing with a decade. And 2024 is the prelim to 2025, which is half time. And come on the spring box. Time to win by one point. Because at halftime you go to the change room and Rossi pulls out the robot. No. Red light, yellow light, green light. No, you go to the change room and the coach says, guys, we're almost there. We're going to step up a little bit. We're going to kick harder. We're going to push harder. We're going to run harder. But this second half belongs to us. I've come prophetically to say to you, the second half of this decade belongs to the church and the church going forward is going to be seen as a power. Let me, let, 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 let me to save time because I'm running out of time. When he says this, they, they want to take hold of him. They want to crucify him. They say he's blaspheming. He goes to um, the house of Levi, Matthew, the tax collector. So they question his ministry, and he leaves. And he, what, did he, what was his ministry? To forgive sins and to heal sick. They question it. He goes straight to Levi and says to him, come and follow me. The lowest of the low. A, a, what does the one translation say? A really wicked sinner. And he goes to have lunch at a really wicked sinner's house. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Oh no, God said, come out from among them and be ye separate. God didn't say that. He said that in connection with something else. Can't be unequally yoked, can't do the things they do, but he didn't say, don't chase off the sinners. He didn't say, don't go and make disciples of them. And they question this. They say, did you see that your master is eating with really wicked sinners and, and, and eating and drinking? And he said, the healthy do not need a doctor, but the sick do. And then he makes a statement. He said, have you never read, I have chosen mercy over judgment? The ministry of mercy the ministry of forgiveness, the ministry of seeking souls is about to hit the church like you never thought. And if you are comfortable with me, my wife, our two kids, us four, and no more, then get ready to give up your seat because that's not this church. This church is going to make room and make room and make room and make room for all the loss that we can bring in because that's our calling. That is what God sent us to do, to go and seek the lost to be saved. 
What are you preaching about? I'll tell you. Did you see? Put that thing up again. Throne room life. How do you bring that one down to here? You are rulers and reigners. You have authority, but it's to go out amongst the world and show Christ to them, to go and be able to bring them in by their hundreds and their thousands. And why in 24? Because when he finishes eating at that house and he's on his way again in the crowd, a woman comes up from behind him that has been bleeding for 12 years, say 12. And she grabs the hem of his garment and she's healed. And the moment that life flows, issue flowed out of him. You need to read John G. Lake's book to understand the truth about life that in you, that flows through you and out of you, the Christ life. Because it's in you too. And the moment she touched him, he said, who touched me? I haven't got my singing voice with me today. Otherwise we'd sing that chorus. Somebody touched me. And he's delayed. Say woman. Say 12 years. He's delayed by going to a little girl that's 12 years old. And she's dying. Say woman bleeding and sick. Say woman dying. 12 plus 12 is what? 12 disciples. 12 tribes, 12 loaves. If you go and look, 12 gates, 12 foundations. If you look at the 12s in the Bible, then it's governmental, it's foundational, it's authoritative. God said to me that night, he said, Dave, 12 plus 12 is 24. I'm restoring the governmental. I'm restoring the authoritative. I'm restoring the foundational. I'm restoring that which is in the church, which should have always been in the church. It's time for you to let me restore the foundation in the church and build according to my, my recipe. Build according to the way I want it because I'm about to restore authority. I'm about to restore throne room life. I'm about to restore a whole body of Christ operating in the authority of the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. Watch 2024. Restoring the authoritative foundational position of the church and the 24 elders fell down in worship before the throne and they worshipped him. I did not choose the songs this morning. I had no idea what they're singing. I was not here Thursday night. I didn't phone up and find out what they're singing. I walk in with my message, still doubting it's my message, and they start to sing and go look at all the words they sang. Twenty twenty four. Hear me. When I opened my Bible with a torch in my mouth late at night, God said, Twelve plus twelve. And I nearly tore the roof off because I knew God's talking. God's about to do an authoritative thing. 
God's about to do a foundational thing. God's about to do startling things in the body of Christ long enough, long enough, too long enough. We have been second-class citizens when we are actually seated in heavenly places. When the war broke out between Russia and Ukraine, my wife could not sleep. And the prophetic lady started to speak and she said, there's trouble coming to the shores of South Africa. I said, you're crazy. I didn't take her strength. I didn't take her strong point. I didn't let her strength speak to my weakness. I thought she didn't know what she was talking about. She said, hear me, we, know, we need to start doing something that brings a shift because there's trouble coming to our shores. I said, can never be, we're too far away. The, the sergeant major military man talking to her, telling her that the logistic lines are too far, the this, the that, the next thing. And then I started to eat humble pie. Because the next thing you know, there's a boat in the naval base in Simonstown that belongs to Russia. She said, Ons moet bid, Booty. She said, Ons moet bid. Ons moet gesag neem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm confessing in front of you this morning. My vrouw kan recht wees. But I care. Then this thing happened in Israel. And she said to me, Davy, this is trouble. This is trouble. We have to pray. Yeah. So whether you've seen it or not, whether you like a pastor to talk politics or not, whatever, doesn't matter. You can stone me afterwards. Hamas has now got a foot inside our country, right up into the government. Because Iran paid the ANC's debt. Because they would have been declared bankrupt before the elections. So they wouldn't have been able to be in the election. So they had to go and look for help. So they went to Hamas. They went to Hezbollah because long years ago, Yasser Arafat helped us, so now we help them. I'm not even talking about attacking Israel, attacking Jerusalem, and all the implications of what there is in the Holy Land. I'm talking about political things. You talk about state capture from India. Now you better talk government capture from an Arabic world. And so when I say the things I say about the authority, I'm saying them, I am saying them within the context that on the outside it doesn't look good. 
But we're not looking at our cell walls and we're not looking at the fact that we've been locked up and that our dream has been postponed for 17 years and Joseph is pitted, potted and whatever. We're looking at the fact that we have promises from God that says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And when it's dark in Egypt and there's blood in the water and fleas in their homes and frogs in their food, they didn't have it in their lives in their lounge, and a thousand will fall at your side, and 10,000, we've got COVID to prove it. We've got day zero to prove it. And now we've got an economy that looks all upside down, but I said to you, you're sitting here still, irrespective of what your bank account looks like, irrespective, you're still alive, you're still breathing, you're not in ICU, you're not blind, you're not dead, you're sitting in the house of the Lord with word. Sorry, I, 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 I'm not preaching the normal happy-go-lucky Dave message, but I'm telling you now, it's time for you and me to take authority, to look unto Jesus and look away from all that will distract unto him and know that he is with us. He will protect you. He will guide you. Amen. <laughs> Botswana, Namibia, they don't want us anyway. Come on, come on, come on, be honest. Where can you go where there's something that's not going on somewhere? Can I end the message quickly? So in that thing, it says, talking about this ministry, talking about this authority, he said, you cannot put new wine in old wineskins. You have to prepare the wineskin for the new wine. Talking about his ministry in that moment, go read the context. He said, you cannot put... They're talking about forgiveness. He says you have to have mercy. Then he says you cannot put new wine in old wineskins. He's talking about preparing for this, this ministry of mercy, this ministry of grace, this ministry that's going to go forth. He said, prepare yourself. And right in the midst of it, John's disciples arrive. They say, why do we have to fast and your disciples don't fast? He said, while the bridegroom is still with them in the bride chamber, they're not going to fast. He said, but there will come a time when the bridegroom goes away that they will fast. Devotions. Devotions is coming away from all other distractions. And devoting my time, my face, my energy, one side to the Lord. And devotions does one thing, it focuses me. It focuses me away from the things that will distract unto Jesus, unto the author, unto the finisher, unto the love that's unfailing, unto him, unto him. Caught up, caught up. 
caught up. Come up higher and discover your true calling. Come up into the throne room with the 24 elders. Start to worship. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Worship with the angels like Isaiah saw it. Worship Him. Worship Him in devotion. Fasting and praying in devotion. Because the more you look, the more you transformed. The more you transform, the more power you have. I got a hiding from my uncle here this morning. My uncle says to me this morning, Uncle John, Worm Johnny, Pops. He takes one look at me. I haven't spoken to him at all. Listen to what he says. Remember, Timothy hasn't spoken yet. Listen to what John says to me this morning. He said, you're trying to do too much in your own strength. Let go and let God. Did you say it? I'm big enough to say to you today, I'm, I'm, I'm open enough to say to you, that message was straight here. Because I'm trying to control too much stuff in my own life with the things me and LB are going through. And God said to me in a personal fashion this morning, let me do it. But you can't get to that position of peace and you can't get to that rest unless you get away from it all and start spending some time with him. I'm not going to ask you to put up your hand. I'm not going to ask you to kneel out. I'm not going to ask you any of that. You settle this between you and him in your heart. I can confess to you this morning. I haven't been spending enough time in devotion with him. But if you do, this I can promise you. He will give you peace, passes all understanding. And you will, trans, you, you will translate higher and higher in him. In his authority. In his love. And this place is going to be filled with testimony upon testimony upon testimony and the crowd you bring with you. Saying, I brought another one to church with me this day, pastor, and I brought another one because God's going to use you. I apologize for going so long, but I think you get the message. Won't you stand with me this morning? Father, we thank you for your authority and your grace, your mercy, your goodness. We thank you that you have a plan for your church and that you have not left us orphans or destitute. But the, 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 the gospel of the kingdom is about to take front, us, front and center stage. The gospel of the kingdom that the apostles preached is about to take front and center stage in this year and the years beyond because you are refashioning your house to the one that you built. And upon this rock, I will build my church. I, Jesus speaking, will build my church, us. He will build us. And the gates of hell will not prevail 
in any time, in any season, in any year, in any decade against it. And I have given you the keys of the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you.